Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. We're messy in the mornings. I hate the mornings. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. It's like a TSA line every day, sounds like. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. Don't care about a healthy lunch. That's the most important part of making my lunches. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. I'm the COVID Cassandra. Hello, everyone, and welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Margaret. And this is Amy. And today we're talking about back to ones for back to school. Some of you have been back to school for like six weeks already, so sorry about that. But our kids are just getting back now. Yeah, that's right. So if you're back already, we're taking your advice. <laughs> if it's fall if break. you're heading back. <laughs> yes. It's, if you're already at winter break, uh, apologies. <laughs> but yes, we are taking some advice. We are giving some advice. We are going back to school. Amy, I think you're going to start us off with a mailbag. Oh, yes. Wait a minute. Time for mailbag. Wait, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Check the mailbag. We have a lovely mailbag for today. A listener from our Facebook group wrote in to say she was going to be listening to our episode when typical parenting advice just doesn't fit. That was a couple weeks ago. She said, I'm going to be listening to this episode on repeat. My sweet four-year-old son is diagnosed autism spectrum disorder, and this episode made me feel so incredibly seen as we are just beginning to navigate the school and societal norms. Thank you for giving me and all the other parents and caregivers of kiddos who don't quite fit that traditional mold the reassurance that we're doing a great job just by doing what works and what's best for our specific situation. This episode truly meant so much. Oh, I love that. that I think we heard more about that episode from, than any episode we've ever done, which is delightful. Thank you for letting us know that it matters. Yes, I love that. And we will also, as we talk about back to school, be talking about kids on the spectrum, kids who are not neurotypical, kids for whom school is really difficult, because this, I think, can be a really good example of somewhere where parenting advice is not one size fits all. And that school, listen, I have three kids and school is a very different experience for all three of them. Mm -hmm. And so to have a wide range of kids and say, this is what works for back to school, that's not happening. You know, Jen Hatmaker put out a post a couple years ago, and then this year, for whatever reason, it was everywhere. And I'll put the link in the show notes. I put it up on our Instagram, just saying like, hey, everyone, it's back to school. Just a reminder, don't schedule anything for the evenings of the first week of school. Don't schedule anything for the weekend. That means you too, mom, dad, right? Just do 
nothing. Your kid's going to come home. Everything's wrong. They're right. You're a terrible parent. Turn the TV on. They will be destroyed after a summer of much less structure getting back into this. And I needed to remember that. And that's true no matter how old your kids are and you know, and whether they're typical or neurotypical or not, doesn't matter. They're all going to take this transition. Pretty difficult, I think. Yeah. And realistically, I was just thinking about this as we're recording this you know, we are going back to school next week. We're still on vacation. We are in fact on our last like week's vacation. I am staring at beautiful Cayuga Lake right now out the window. And my kids are sleeping late, laying around and looking at screens, then going out, doing a little fishing, jumping in the lake, coming home, having lunch at two o'clock if they want. Like, we are in for a world of heart. We are not working at all on transitioning. You know, we are going to just go from like, we're going to crash into the brick wall of school and it's going to hurt ice bad for all of us. <laughs> we're ice plunging back in. Like, I'm doing the same thing this year. My, my uh, I'm dropping one of my kids off at college. That's right. Driving five hours. Talk about when typical advice doesn't fit. Like, oh my gosh, right. Pack the lunchbox doesn't fit for you. You've got a kid going to college. No, I'm dropping off a kid at college and then driving five hours and then my youngest kid starts school the next morning after a five-hour drive and that's just the way it is and yeah will they have the notebooks they need I don't know I haven't thought about that yet <laughs> it's a little much yeah I think that our perspective now my youngest is who knows what 10 11 <laughs> something like that <laughs> who knows <laughs> I don't know but older than five younger than 14 I can assert <laughs> yeah she's in there somewhere But I will say, I think that back to school is firmly, and like, check me if I'm wrong, is firmly in the it gets better category. Like, it feels to me like I look at some of this stuff. I mean, maybe that's not right, but I feel like the like, oh my gosh, you have to have glue sticks. Like, I do feel like you just kind of go, they get a laptop on the first day. Again, here's a tip. There is laptop pickup for four different days where you can go and wait in a three-hour line. We're away, so my kid will walk in and be like, I never got a laptop, and they will hand him one. Like, you can skip. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure that's very annoying advice (laughs) to the admins who are trying to, like, not have to deal with 3,000 kids who don't have laptops on day one. But I do feel like the, like, do you have chalk is out of my life right now. Yes. And also, you know why it gets better? Because if your first grader doesn't have a glue stick on the first day and Ms. Murphy says, don't you have your glue stick in your pencil case? And like the shame, right? It's <laughs> yeah. like the the nun from Game of Thrones banging the gong. You have no glue stick, right? And I think it's very different when you have a, a high schooler who like, oh, shoot, but doesn't have the right kind of graph paper. Like, I'll get it. I will say on the flip side, when you have older kids, you have to claw them out of bed with like the jaws of life. I mean, my little kids, when they were little, they all were up at six. So, you know, it was like we were ready for school by seven without a huge problem. Like this takes me to my central question, Amy, which is we talked about this on another back to school episode that we did. Are you a boohoo parent or a woohoo parent when back to school starts? Okay. And... Uh It gets, I feel like when the kids were little, I was such a woohoo parent. Like our crossing guard used to laugh at us because all the other parents were coming down the hill from dropping their kids at kindergarten, like in tears. And me and my husband were basically like skipping down the street hand in hand, like happy as can be. I found the filling the days for young kids very challenging. And the idea that it was someone else's problem from eight to three was my heaven. 
You know, I'm going to quote my spouse who just this morning over a cup of coffee said to me, get these kids back in school. <laughs> that's a direct quote. I think that's a common feeling. It's funny. I am a dreader. So he's a woohoo and I'm a boohoo. I'm like, I can't believe summer's over. It's getting dark sooner. Uh, it's, it's so sad. Yeah, you do hate the end of summer. I hate the end of summer. And then as soon as, and I spend most of it out of New York City, and then we live in New York City for the school year. So I come back to New York City. Like, I hate school. I hate New York City. I hate everything about every decision I've ever made as an adult. Why do I do things this way? And then two days into the school year, it's like, oh, oh, right. This is how we do things. Do, 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 do. And I'm back in busy town and it's fine. But it's a tough transition. I guess it's kind of seasons of life too. Like right now, we had an amazing summer. My kids are a great age. They're very independent. Like I wasn't running the cruise director job. I was just, we had a very chill, very nice, slightly overbooked, but generally phenomenal summer. And then the idea of like 6, 6.30. I hate more than anything on earth waking up to an alarm clock. And so I've actually, my husband wakes up early and now he just wakes me up. But like the idea of going back to the 6.30, like and then having to get out of bed and like start the process of getting grumpy kids out of bed. And our morning routine is... I think the word is a crap fest, Amy. It's a hot mess. It's a disaster. We hate it. Everyone hates the morning. And we're just a bunch of miserable, sleepy trolls, like trying to find, not glue sticks anymore, but like some sheet of paper that was the French assignment. Right. And the first day, there's a little bit of excitement about it. And then the third day, it's like, what have we done? I can't believe we have to do this again. Yeah. It's it's back to one. It's time to start moving the bedtimes earlier and all that stuff we don't want to do. It's time to reset. And that's the thing. I do love the routine and having the kids out of the house and being, you know, a working person, like having time to myself to work in peace. A lot of my summer was like, I mean, I'm doing it right now recording and like I hear footsteps outside the door, like leave me alone. You know, (laughs) that I'm very much looking forward to retiring. I'm just really not looking forward to the like so-and-so forgot their flute and now I've got to bring it in. And we're just, we're messy in the mornings. I hate the mornings. I probably shouldn't even say this, but I'm going to to tempt fate by saying this is going to be a more typical school year than we had the last couple of years. And I really hope it stays that way. Wow, you really are just calling fate. As Irish Catholic ladies, we know better than to ever say, this will be a great year. Nothing will go awry. (laughs) Yes. Well, I mean, we had COVID in our house twice this summer. I'm the COVID Cassandra. Yeah. Yeah, you're still doing it. You thought you couldn't get COVID for 90 days after you had it? Guess what? Yes, you can. I I can't explain it. And I know some of the schools I know already, people who I know and family in the South, like, their schools have had to shut because it's not just COVID. It's like there's so many people sick in the schools, like strep, COVID, flu, whatever. That stuff is starting to come in. But yes, I do appreciate. And often I feel like it's very hard in life to actually appreciate good versus bad. But having been through COVID, not having my kids home on a laptop yelling at me that I don't know how to do chunking in multiplication tables or whatever horror show we were stuck in, I will always appreciate like them just like getting out of the car and going into school. Mm-hmm. Could be worse is what I'm here to say. Could be worse. 
could be worse. <laughs> so of course we took to our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash what fresh hell cast. And I said, we're going back to one for back to school. What's working for your family? Any must avoids? Also, feel free to just complain below, which let me tell you, many, many people took me up on part three. Good, good, good. There were many, there was a great use of the Viola Davis emoji where she's just grabbing her bag and walking out in disgust. The slow head shake. I guess that's a gif, not an emoji, but you know what I mean. A lot of use of like the disgusted Viola Davis gif. Kira said... She does not have a tip. She does not have a complaint. But her little one is starting kindergarten soon. Does anyone have tips for younger kids on getting them out the door? She is a first-time mom and has no idea what she's doing. And I'm going to tell you, Kira, that we have so many good tips and so many people weighing in, and especially about getting kids off in the morning. I have a tip for this one. This is my sister-in-law's tip that she did when her kids were younger. I don't think she's still doing it because kids are as old as mine, basically. But it really worked well for them, which was a, a morning playlist that was the same and let the kids pick the songs. They can obviously change after a month or whatever, but they pick the songs. And when, you know, the next Taylor Swift co- song comes on, oh, it's time to go upstairs and brush our teeth. And then the next, okay, it's time to get our shoes on that they knew where they had to be in their morning routine by the songs that they liked that they were listening to and having upbeat music on in the kitchen just sort of helped keep moving things along. And how does that, is there like a poster that says like shake it off means go brush your teeth? Like I think she, the first you know time they did it, like, oh, shake it off. Oh, that means it's time to go brush your teeth. Like, and when you have a kindergartner. She just kind of made it up. You have buy-in, you have branding. As I always like to say, the lady says, right? When shake it off comes on, that means it's time to go brush your teeth. Like says who? Like says, you know, Alexa. So, so off you go. And a kindergartner will do that and will buy into a routine. And let's see if we can have our shoes on before the end of the song. Most kindergartners, not all. Let me tell you that the advice of the lady says and putting a lot of the transitions and decisions on an invisible third party is going to be playing a great role in a lot of our back to ones today. So just start preparing yourself for that mentally and we'll be right back. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses. First two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist-approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we say, and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Amy, when I'm dehydrated, I get headaches. I get cranky and I don't feel good in general. Also, I am dehydrated a lot of the time. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because being good with the water bottle is one thing, but getting that sodium and potassium with the fluids, turns out that is the key to seeing 
optimally hydrated. So whether you're looking to hydrate during your workout, while traveling, or at the end of a long night, Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes have got you covered with over 65 trace minerals, 7 essential vitamins, and coconut water powder. Crisp and refreshing without any sugar, this is hydration powered by Sports Research. Each box has 16 little stick packs that you can take on the go, whether you're headed to an exercise class, a night out with friends, or a podcasting conference. And did we mention they come in delicious flavors from raspberry lemonade to cherry pomegranate. Stay hydrated with Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes. Visit sportsresearch.com and use the code WHATFRESH at checkout for 50% off your purchase of Hydrate. That's S-P-O-R-T-S-R-E-S-E-A-R-C-H.com, sportsresearch.com, and use code WHATFRESH for 50% off your Hydrate Electrolytes order. Okay, Heather came in strong. And this is something a lot of people said. I'm going to say all of these back to ones and all of this advice is use it if it works. So Heather led the charge on making school lunches the night before, like lots of beforehand prep. You can hear me laughing because like, I can see Margaret's face. You're like, okay, so Heather says I can see in advance. Okay, so Heather, who is some sort of organized freak from a different planet. Making lunches the night before. I mean, I guess it's definitely the right thing to do if it works for you. I mean, how about like sometimes? How about you do it like on Tuesdays when everybody's home by 6.15? No? I will never make lunches. It's just not going to happen. That being said, I do do school hot lunch. Like that, this is for people who are me, hot lunch. It's a small-ish expense, and I never make a lunch. My kids get school lunch. But it depends on the school. I mean, a lot of kids don't have a cafeteria or a hot lunch. Like, if you have to make school lunches, let's assume. Like, I grew up I guess if you have to make school lunches, you should move to my town because they make them for the kids. But yes, I guess so. I Don't most schools have a cafeteria where you can buy lunch, or is that unusual? Well, not like this little preschool or a daycare or a small parochial school, or no, it depends on the school. Yeah, I guess that's true. I gave up on lunches two years ago, and it changed my life. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I would say if there's a cafeteria, you use it. Do my kids eat like a bagel with nothing on it and some candy for lunch? Almost certainly they do. Do I care? No, I yeah. do not. Don't care about a healthy lunch. That's the most important part of making my lunches. It used to be my job to make lunch for a couple of my younger brothers and sisters, the ones who are old enough to be going to school with me. And I remember I would just about every day deposit the peanut butter sandwich that I brought from home. Yes, it was a long time ago. Peanut butter sandwiches were fine in school, but I would make one every morning and then take it to school and throw it out and go buy an ice cream sandwich because we didn't have cafeteria, but we could for a quarter buy an ice cream sandwich. That was a great lunch. Yeah, that's right. We definitely had a hot lunch cafeteria in my school. And I think every school I went to had some sort of hot lunch cafeteria. But yeah, there were vending machines like a Snickers bar. It's fine. Anything that gets you through the day and I'm not making lunches. Kate says what works for her is setting up a homework station with all the supplies ready to go so no time is wasted looking for stuff. I didn't have a homework station per se, but I did have like a a basket, 
like a laundry basket, a kind of plastic basket, much smaller, but that's where everything went. The scissors, the stapler, the this, the that, and it all went in there so it could go out on the dining room table and then it was time to get ready for dinner. I could just get all put in there and put away until the next day. I will say that we're in full, like back to one mode in terms of, I do think it's important. And, you know, we are full chaos and especially in the summer, like there's just junk everywhere. It's a complete disaster. That being said, I do think it is really, really important to start the school year with like clean, like we're this weekend, we will be doing a lot of let's go through your desk, clean out anything sticky. This is their little desks at home. Every kid has a little desk or the downstairs like workstation. We're going to clear everything out. Like I do think it's a good practice to go back to one before the first day of school. Although I will say we're running on a tight schedule this year and we, that may be like happening during the week of the first week of school. There's In an ideal world, I want everything like clean and clear and like lined up pencils and, sh- you know, like we're ready to go. I think mentally it's very nice to have that feeling of like we're ready to go and the decks are really clear. I love back to school supply shopping. The, the new notebooks, the new box of pencils. I love it. I love it more than the kids do. See, we now do the thing where, and Sadiq has my back on this. She says, I paid a lot for the pre-packed supply box. It's fine. It's a fundraiser. And that means like they bring the box of school supplies to your house. You order it like through the school, like gift wrap or, or candy or something like that through the school. And it's a school fundraiser. Yeah, and you get this giant box of school supplies that's supposed to be everything your kid needs. Now, in Sadiq's case, she says she still ended up at Office Max on a Sunday during a hurricane (laughs) because the box did not contain all the things they needed. They didn't have glue sticks or Expo markers. Oh, Expo markers. I feel like... Who needs Expo markers? That's a thing now for kids? I feel like Big Expo has really invaded the school system because... My kids have a lot of Expo markers. I guess they do in math. Like They're writing on the walls now. They have a little dry erase board. It's like a half pint on um, Little House on the Prairie would have like her little chalkboard. Like now they have like a little dry erase thing that they work on. Laura has one that's kind of blowing my mind. I never really considered. She says, we are on the third week back to school. And what's working for us is getting the kids totally ready before breakfast. I'm talking clothes on, shoes on, and tied, sunscreen on, hair done. Breakfast is such a powerful motivator and all the things get done quickly. Then they just have to brush their teeth and we're good to go. Pro tip, adds Laura, they wear bathrobes on top of their clothes so that everything stays clean during breakfast. This knocked me out. Other people were like full dress and they put a towel on top of them. This is a great idea. And shoes, because getting them... The breakfast is the hammock of the whole thing, right? It's the saggy part of the U-curve of getting them out the door to school. They're motivated, then they sit down and they start looking at their cereal bowl. The breakfast is the hammock part of the whole thing. I don't think I would have ever thought about it that way. But you mean, it's like the roadblock. It's the place where everything shuts down. It's like, right. And then they just sit there until you're like, come on, come on, come on, come on. Until the next Taylor Swift song starts. Another thing I know a lot of people, do you do, are you like a hot breakfast household? Uh, I don't like eggs. We've covered this extensively on the podcast. My husband likes eggs. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. We definitely know about the egg problem. So if my husband is home, he makes, quite generously, makes eggs for whoever wants them. But if he's not, then it's kind of a cereal or toast kind of morning. What about you? Catch as catch can. Mm-hmm. We kind of over dialed in. I think I grew up in a hot breakfast household and it never occurred to me that like 
hot breakfast is optional. So yeah, like when my kids were little, we were doing like pancakes, French, like breakfast, like short order cooking breakfast. On school mornings. Wow. Yeah. And waffles, sausage, always bake it. Like, and then, you know, I definitely probably over dialed in on that. And it was part of what made it so difficult, you know, was like actually this incredibly elaborate meal, which takes me to Lindsay, who says, you're on your own for breakfast at our house. This is not a waffle house. Grab a pop tart or some cereal. (laughs) And uh, I wish I had read that advice earlier because we definitely were running a waffle house and it was really challenging. Lindsay has other great advice that I want to dial in on. Feed your kids before you ask them about their day. We've often said this. Let's talk about end of the day. Uh-huh, uh-huh. What is it called? Post-school regulation drop-off? What is it called? It's called after-school restraint collapse. After-school restraint collapse. Learn this phrase. Get it on a t-shirt. After-school... You're living it. You might as well know what the name for it is. You might as well know. But it's that your child, and I will say especially true, I think of non-neurotypical kids, have been holding it together for eight hours at school, Mm. really working hard to like behave correctly, to keep up, especially I now have middle schoolers, to keep up the appearance of being like the world's most fit in cool kid and you know, dealing with the social dramas and stuff. There's a lot going on. They walk in and they're like, bleh. And to kind of avoid getting like that, like vomited on or attacked by a grizzly bear feeling, I put food out for right when they get home. And then I give my kids an hour before I talk to them generally. Now with littler kids, you're doing pickups and and it's not quite the same, but I do think like, Somebody said they bring snacks to the pickup line, that they have snacks in the car. Yes. Oh, in your hand. Yeah. I had one kid. It was just like every day at pickup, like don't speak, no eye contact. Here is a bar. Right. And I think that it does. It doesn't mean it doesn't happen. But I think when you use the mental image of like, I am picking up a vomiting grizzly bear, like it just helps you remember that like, you know, I'm coming off of my day where I've been sitting by myself. I work at home. So I've been, I'm coming off a day where I'm like really ready usually for like, hey, what's up? How's it going? What do you think this weekend? And we're just like meeting each other in exactly the wrong place. And this is true of a five-year-old or an 18-year-old that you want to just really keep in mind, like feed and leave alone for a while. Or with some kids, it's going to be feed and help process. But like, Figure out what your kid's after-school restraint collapse looks like and respond accordingly. There is no happiness in the don't you talk to me that way, young man, conversation when you've got a very hangry kid who is like spiraling off of the first day of school. My friend made a short video. I'll see if I can find the link. Maddie Corman, she made a video about being the parent when your kids are coming home from school. It's older kids and how... You know, on one day, the daughter's walking in and the mom is sitting there with like, you know, two mugs of cocoa, like, hey, how was your day? And the kid's like, fine, walks right by with the bag and doesn't, ignores the mom completely. And of course, there's another day where the daughter walks in with their bag and throws it down. It's like, okay, you won't believe what would happen today. And the mom's like, sorry, I'm on a call, you know, and, and walks out of the room and that they keep missing each other. 
I do try to be sort of like available for after school conversation when I can be home in the afternoons. And I know you do. You have blocked out on our work calendar. That's a time you try to be available, but it doesn't mean they're available for you. It doesn't. And it doesn't mean that like being on a work call sometimes when your kids need you is the worst thing that will happen to your kids either. It's all, but I hear your point that like, it can be a really difficult and fraught time. And I think sometimes it just helps to say, yeah, there's a reason for this. Yeah, right. Let's just get this one out of the way, Amy, because you know I'm going to be annoyed about it. Megan, and to be fair, she's a teacher and she has a five, a three and a one-year-old. So whatever she's doing to get through the day is completely fine. But she's a meal planner, which you know, I reject meal planning. I just won't, can't do it. But no lunches and before, no lunches, period. No meal planning. Okay, what'd she say? I just have gotten to a point where I'm like, I am not a person for whom this is the right advice, but there are people for whom it is. Every Wednesday, she meal plans and submits her grocery order. They pick it up Thursday after school. They used to do it on Fridays, but do you know why they stopped? It was starting to steal joy from their pizza and movie night, which is Friday night. Thursday, 4 p.m. grocery shopping or grocery pickup is where it's at. And I do think that getting into a routine that makes sense for you. Now, it's a little bit easy for me to be like, rah, 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 rah. we'll just fake it till we make it in the crazy morning because I work from home. Like if I was having to get my kids out the door, occasionally this will happen that we'll have like a nine o'clock record or a meeting or something that I have to be together for. I get my kids out the door at eight in like a bathroom and slippers and I drive them to school that way. And then I come home and I kind of have my tea and I sit and I take a shower and then, or sometimes I go to the gym. I'm not really ready to face humanity until 1030. If I had to drop my kids and they go right into a classroom, I mean, God bless people who do it. I would be a, I don't know. I would have to change my whole life. This is blowing my mind. Jess says what works for her family, both this year and last year, is that her kids don't wear pajamas. They wear their school clothes for the next day to bed. I'm all in favor of this. Here's what blew my mind. Not that, which I'm like, go for it. Her kids have to be up and out by 640 in the morning. So she lets them sleep in their outfits for school and then only has to worry about socks, shoes, bathroom, and toothbrush. I... Jess is a person who speaks my language. I really like this. I think it's, we have always done this for like planes, like an early plane ride, but it's fine. Like you don't get messy sleeping. It's totally fine. Like sleep in your clothes. I have a child who just lives this way. Like this child just wears the same clothes until I say, have you changed your clothes in three days? And that is how he rolls. And I definitely, during school, I'm like, you clearly wore that yesterday and slept in it. Like I put an end to it, but often it just means he changes his t-shirt. Like he doesn't smell bad. He's young enough. It's fine. I think that this approach could really work for me and I like it. It's amazing. But 640, I mean, hats off to you, Jess. That is one of the earliest. I can't think of an earlier school pickup I've ever heard of. My nieces and nephews go to a large regional high school and they you know have a school bus pickup at 658 or whatever but they're high school kids and it's their problem I can't imagine getting little kids out hats off to you Jess yeah and I know definitely know kids with like athlete but I know people with athletes who have kids who are up at 530 nightmare Sam I will give a shout out because Amy you share this Sam is writing to us from the UK where this child has a school uniform and I know your kids wear school uniforms as well Yes. Having enough shirts, trousers, socks, shoes, sports kit, spare tie 
cannot deal with the where is my like sets and sets of stuff so that we never have I can't I think a uniform would be the end of me I don't think I could send my kids to school where they need a uniform just because well the choices I have a scout and it's like oh my god where is the kerchief it's just always a nightmare they just have a closet full of the uniform like that's all they have but don't you like bottom out with laundry at a certain point you're like we don't have a clean shirt well you know it's my daughter has to wear one of those you know traditional like uniform skirts but they're so lax they can just wear it over like pants clothes sweatpants leggings they don't care what the girl wants underneath it as long as they have that skirt on yeah yeah so it's not crazy so she basically wears the same one for a week and we wash it over the weekend and she's got a you know six shirts and off we go yeah but uh yeah i mean it can be but scouts are different because you have the necktie and the piece and the pin and like this is just yeah 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 and they're not lax at all it's got to be done the right way all right we'll be back with some more perhaps slightly more off the grid back to once amy you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is toast with peanut butter on top toast with peanut butter it's also by the way one of my favorite power breakfasts we agree on that thing we were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter and i'm gonna tell you we used hero bread it adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty-calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber, while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to Hero.co and use the code MOTHERHOOD at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code MOTHERHOOD for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E. Lumen.me and use the code Fresh at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. So what do you think is the best part and the worst part about going back to school? The worst part is that you going back to school and you have to go to classes again. Work. Getting back to doing homework? Yeah. 
And what's the worst part about going to school? Being shy. One bad thing is less screens, more homework. And what's the worst part about going back to school? You have to do a bunch of homework. I won't get screen time in the morning anymore. And the worst part is probably doing math again. I think the worst part is not being able to wear flip-flops all day long again. That's true. That's true. What's the worst part? No more summer and you can't see your friends or your cousins. Is there a best part? You get to see your friends, but it's more of a bad thing than a good thing. What's the best part about going back to school? Uh, seeing my friends. What's the best part about going back to school? Recess. And what's the best part about going back to school? Seeing a new teacher. And I get to see my friends again. Because I'll get to do math again. Sometimes in the summer I get really bored because I don't really know what to do. And then during the school year I usually know what to do. And some activities in school are actually really fun. I think the best part is being able to see my friends and meet new people. The best part is you get to meet your new teacher. I like school. You like school? Yeah. So are you looking forward to going back to school? Would you answer that question with a yes? Yeah. Recess. Recess. Good. Thank you, guys. Let's start strong with Kim, who got this tip from our page, as did many people said, oh, I learned this on the page. Mm. Having dinner when they come home from school versus raiding the pantry after school and then not being hungry for dinner. Yes, yes. Uh, why, why did I never learn those? I think with little kids, this makes a ton of sense. I grew up in a household where the kids and the adults ate separately because my dad worked in the city. And so he would be home at like seven o'clock and the kids were hungry earlier. So we had for, like kids dinner and then my mom and dad ate dinner separately when we were growing up. I mean, we would have family dinners on Sundays, but during the week, that's how it worked. But I think this is a really interesting idea. Like have dinner at four and then everybody is full and ready to go into homework or whatever else needs to be done. And then they can grab an ice cream from the freezer on their way and then have dinner. That's their dinner. You don't have to do things in the order that they are usually done or in the places where you think they're done. Like if it's a huge hassle to get your kid upstairs to get her pajamas on because she's cranky and then back down to watch a show on the iPad before bed, then have a laundry basket of pajamas downstairs and hide them behind the couch. Or what changed my morning was to move the toothbrushes from the upstairs bathrooms. Why do they have to be in the kids' bathroom? They can be in the downstairs bathroom because I'd lose them. They'd go upstairs to brush their teeth and then they'd be like lying on their beds playing with their toys or whatever. I could never get them to come up and back down. It would take 10 minutes. So why am I making them go up to their own bathrooms to brush their teeth? Do it in the kitchen. It doesn't really matter. Fix the problem that you have. Right. Move dinner to when they're hungry. It makes total sense. Abby says... She, this is just a complaint, which was I was open to, as you know, in my post. <laughs> I didn't want just solutions. I said complaining was fine, and Abby took me up on it. She says, carpool line, of all the illogical, nonsensical, what fresh hellscapes, this gets me every time. Then there's like two angry emojis, a gasping emoji, a vomiting emoji, a crazy face emoji, and a skull emoji, because she's dead from the horribleness of the pickup line. <laughs> This might blow your mind. I have never done a, a drop-off, or I mean, a drop-off line or a pickup line. I've done drop-off or pickup, but it's New York City, so you just kind of stand around on the sidewalk. We've never done like the car and the waiting, so why is it hard? So it's just, 
an exercise in like human ineptitude, basically. Like <laughs> it's it's you. So my town, I, I'm not exactly sure why so many people have this. I took the bus growing up and then the bus dropped you off. And that was that. I live in a town that doesn't have busing, which is fairly unusual. And so you have to drive your kid to school. We live in a kind of a walkable town. So a lot of kids walk. But if you live out of town, you have to drive your kids, which many, many people do, probably at least half. And it's just, you've got to line up and then there's a hard left into the school. And then there's also a hard right. So you've got to merge and then you've got a zipper merge and then you've got to pull up. And then, oh my gosh, little Jimmy has his oboe in the trunk and we've got to get that out. And little Christopher doesn't want to get out of the car and is crying. We've got to negotiate that. And so it just is a series of unfortunate events, basically, by the time you're done with it. It's like a TSA line every day, sounds like. It's like a TSA line with mostly children and like very emotional parents <laughs> and also you're outside. So then let's bring in like rain and like sleep. You know, it's a series of unfortunate events. I Somebody was asking about taking the bus. Like, I mean, put your kids on the bus. I'm fine with it. Yes. Whether it's okay, like looking for confirmation that that's acceptable parenting to have a kid who rides the bus. I just don't even understand the counter logic of it. I mean, yes, ride the bus. <laughs> yes, please. Sarah has a must-do shower the night before, which I understand. I'm a night shower or two. I don't shower in the morning generally. And her must-avoid is making coffee in the morning while sleep-deprived. Her husband and her both ran a pot through the coffee machine with no grounds, with no coffee in it. <laughs> that sounds like me. My husband is uh, very nice about usually making it, getting it the night before prepped. You can have, there's alarms on coffee makers. I don't know how to use it. Your husband is like a morning Muppet too. And mine is too, thank God. Yeah, so he, he sets the coffee and I mean, he's a super healthy person. So he, you know, he wants to have his oatmeal and his eggs and stuff. That It's a complicated thing. And I'm up. I'm a morning person, but I'm not a hot breakfast person. But I love having coffee in the kitchen. But I can't tell you how to program the, the clock because I don't know he does it. But it's doable. Yeah, I'm a tea person, not a coffee person. But yeah, I think getting up, a lot of people said, and I, I mean, this is again, if it works for you, great, getting up a half an hour earlier, like having that time to yourself before the hordes invade from upstairs and having a half an hour of peace in the morning. To me, nothing is worth setting an alarm half an hour before I have to be up. I'd rather just run through it in like chaotic mess style than, than set an alarm for half an hour earlier. That sounds like hell to me. <laughs> but you don't like them. I do like the mornings. I love the mornings with a cup of coffee and a quiet kitchen. I love being asleep in my bed. That's what I love. Right. But then you would do you, do you love a like 10 p.m.? everybody leave me alone I mean that's also in bed but you're awake yeah 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 I like I mean I definitely like downtime but not enough not in the morning right to I mean it's the total your mileage may vary as they used to say on the internets back in the day Amy it's like I think uh, we've so come to the thing of like so much parenting advice is like if it works for you, right? And getting up an hour earlier and like I must exercise in the morning before anybody else, you know, sees me. It's great if it works for you, but it's totally, I've gotten to the point where I'm like, it's a no. Let's talk a little bit about kids with um, some needs or neuro differences. Sarah says, specifically speaking to my fellow neurodivergent mamas, utilizing a daily visual schedule and social stories for my ASD kiddo. 
Do you know what a visual schedule is? Yes, I do. Yeah. So people, I know people who haven't heard of them, but it's for kids sometimes who have trouble following verbal instructions. You would basically put pictures on the wall that would be like, get up, come downstairs, eat breakfast, brush teeth, get dressed, put on shoes, leave for the bus. And so it's pictures of a kid doing those things, not the words. And so sometimes visual clues, and as we were saying before, audio clues, like, okay, let's have a song that goes with each of those steps, or let's have a neutral duck that quacks to tell us it's time to do the next step. So this is not a fight between you and mommy, the duck is telling us it must be time to put our shoes on, you know? And so I used a time timer with my kid who was particularly struggling with getting moving in the mornings, which is, you know, it's a visual timer and you can see it. It's an hourglass was too esoteric. He didn't get it. But the time timer, it doesn't really make any noise, but it just, you see the red sort of pie chart getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And when they could visualize that they only had that much time left to do the teeth and the shoes and the this that then it happened sometimes it helped a little it's still frustrating a little can be a lot sometimes and listen kids who are on the spectrum or kids who just happen to have this temperament for kids for whom transitions are particularly difficult school is difficult and the mornings are difficult because it involves like not doing what you want to do not doing your preferred activity constantly transitioning between a series of non-preferred activities, super hard. And so I think visual schedules, just Google how to make a visual schedule. You'll find a million examples of it. Audio cues and really, I mean, I like to be a little bit like, rah, 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 schedules are for losers. Ah, being prepared stinks. But having a kid who is not neurotypical, I know that you can't, the mornings will become total chaos if it's just like transition, 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 and that kid is melting down the whole time. And also what you can take away, like we talked about things you can add, schedules, and then what can you take away? For me, my life changed when two things, the toothbrush in the downstairs bathroom and just stopping buying any sort of shoe that my child, once they were like in pre-K, could not put on themselves. No tie mm. shoes. Just Velcro sneakers or loafers or whatever. Nothing that they couldn't get on themselves. And it it saved my mornings. That makes a ton of sense. I think we're going to finish with Kristen, who took up the challenge of just complaining in response to the question and says, my life is a repetitive loop of recurring chaos now that school is back in session. New line, that is all, period. (laughs) That's really all there is to say. And I think at the end of the day, there's stuff that may work for some people. There's stuff that may work for you. But mostly what we're trying to say is if your life is a repetitive loop of recurring chaos, we see you and we feel you and we feel sad for you. But we also know you're going to get through it. Yeah, I would say like, just as we always like to say, it gets better. Like when your kid is three to when your kid is 13, don't worry, it's going to get better. I would say if you're despairing, in mid-September about how hard school mornings are. They are hard, but they it, but it gets better. It, I think part of it is how much it is all at once. What a big transition it is for all of us all at once. And then it just becomes what you do every day. A huge transition and not for nothing, it occurs with a seasonal transition, which I know can be hard for people too. Like it's a lot of like, and the story is kind of, we're going from fun 
to work in misery. We're going from light to darkness. We're going from warmth to cold. So like the fact that it feels really hard is because it's really hard. Yes, you described it perfectly. And that's why we have pumpkin spice lattes because something needs to cheer us up in this time. Yeah, I guess so. Have something nice, make it nice. We want to give a shout out to our subscription platform, What Fresh Hell Plus. If you sign up for What Fresh Hell Plus, you get monthly bonus episodes where we talk about distinctly non-parenting topics, and you also get an ad-free feed of all of our episodes, all 600 and some episodes we've ever done, all of it ad-free. Go to our website, wellfreshhealthpodcast.com. There's a link to sign up. We'll also put a link in the show notes. There's a link in our Instagram bio, What Fresh Hell Plus. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, especially if you're subscribing. And we will talk to you next time. So long. Margaret, it's an exciting news day. An exciting news day indeed, Amy. A few years ago, we launched our first spinoff podcast, Toddler Purgatory, hosted by the hilarious Blair Brooks and Molly Lloyd. And guess what? Now, Blair and Molly are back with their all-new podcast, Unsticking It. You know Blair and Molly as two busy moms and actors, and somewhere between potty training and the pandemic, they both felt like they lost their creative kaboom. In their new podcast, Unsticking It, they are going to talk about how all of us can get back to what lights us up after motherhood. Amy, I need this. Me too. And Blair and Molly will be talking to fellow imaginative minds. We're talking actors, artists, and creators of all kinds about how we can all unstick ourselves from whatever muck we're stuck in. Follow, subscribe, and listen to Unsticking It wherever you get your podcasts. That's Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life stucks. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts.